heard that you love comic books and need a fix on superheroes. Maybe you is different mastermind. So you side with the villains. Had an all which side you own if Marvel or DC. Which artist you respect the most? Bob Kane or Stan Lee? Need the latest film adaptions coming to the screen. Get the facts on starring actors. Which ones you need to go see? Maybe you a gamer cause you love to take control. Get latest news on the hottest games. Then debate the best console. Nintendo or Sony can't forget Microsoft. Find out which games you have to play and which ones should not. Get on board and join the movement, you won't be last. Check signal strength, turn volume up. It's time for a new podcast. Yeah, you need the facts on all these stuff. Who got the latest word? Hit internet for number one. It's nerds against the world. You got questions, they got answers. Best you've ever heard. No competition, listen close. It's nerds against the world. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Nerds Against the World here on the Giant Catcher Robot Podcast feed. Um, today we have host Benita Lavario, also known as Levi. Um, she'll be hosting a bevy of guests on the show. Um, on the show today we have Astro Jack, Jackie Mendoza from the Giant Catcher Robots Artist Talks. Hello. We have Kaylee Victoria, who is also on the Nerds Against the World Artist Talks. Hi. And first time podcasting, long time listener, Carol. I she has a lot of nicknames. But, <laughs> but I know her as Mornita. <laughs> a Jesus and Meryl list of AKAs. Yeah. A yeah. list of AKAs. AKA the lover of food. Who can eat? Who can eat you out of house and home? I can tell you this: she ate a whole slab of ribs herself, and made sure nobody was around. Carol Gonzalez. First of all, if you didn't want me to eat those ribs, you should have not made them. Hello. <laughs> now, here is our host, uh, and I myself, you're the co-host of this show, Desmond. <laughs> Desi is dead, Robinson. But the host who will be steering the ship today is Benita Lavario. Hello, that is that is me, uh, lovely hostess with the mostest. Just kidding, <laughs> I can improve in everything. Also, don't sell yourself short there, Desi. You could totally call yourself Desi Worldwide, since you know you are being listened to in so many countries of the world. <laughs> uh, Bit Pitbull have Mister Worldwide. He can have the title. <laughs> okay. Um, You're Mr. Worldwide, the second. <laughs> Junior. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, thank you for joining us on our lovely, lovely podcast today. Um, today is going to be a fun topic for sure. Uh, going to have loads of fun talking about uh, the wonders and horrors of toxic masculinity and toxic femininity in general, um, which is pretty interesting to me because in doing research for this, I kind of found out that the term toxic masculinity actually came about after the definition of toxic femininity. Um, which is more of a internalized um, pain. Like toxic femininity is more like turned towards you, like you're hurting yourself 
more because it's like you're not living up to the feminine ideal and that's where that came from and then like branched off into this toxic masculinity which has now just branched off into many many other definitions and it's just sort of a huge and fascinating and horrifying subject that pretty much everyone here on this podcast has had uh some dealings with at some point in their in their life um so me personally i think it's important to start off at the beginning and uh, of course that starts with religion i think that's where most of the uh toxicity and misogyny of the world kind of kind of began with uh religion wise um so just with things in in general like catholicism um only having men in leadership forms and instead of women because they're have been seen as as lesser beings and how most uh everyone in the world now is raised with religion at some point in their life you know like i was raised christian so sort of just having all of this teaching those values brought into my head um is sort of something i've had to kind of push through and and fight through in my life so i'm not sure about you guys um if you've suffered any um you know misogyny or toxicity with religion in general well i can speak for oh are we was that our cue to talk okay yeah (laughs) well um I feel like for my family household, it wasn't necessarily like, because my family is not really religious based. It was never was. Um, but I did feel a lot of the toxic masculinity. Um, but I feel like it's it switched around as I got older. Because I was younger, you know, when my father was still present, um, he was pretty toxic, you know. And um, I remember my mom always uh, trying to look bre- like her best every morning, put on makeup you know, watch what she ate, you know, she didn't eat that much. And, you know, I would always see them argue. And um, a lot of that stemmed to also myself, like I had to look a presentable way, you know, I had to be thin, I had to be feminine, I had to sit up straight, you know, I couldn't sit down with my legs open. Um, But as as when my father, uh, he wasn't in our lives anymore, like that flipped where it was the woman being more of the provider. And then I noticed how ourselves, we started putting pressure on my brothers. Like we started calling them little girls, you know, we started calling them like, you know, they need to be more manly. What are they doing? You know? And so we, we kind of impose more of that toxic internalized misogyny, I guess that's the term for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that also affects them, but I didn't feel like that was rooted to religion in our household. Um, but as, uh, we got older, um, we actually don't pass on that toxic cycle. Like we all now realize it now. Um, but we definitely did struggle with a lot of, uh, toxicity, toxicity when it came to gender roles. Yeah. 
because I remember like my grandfather, um, he was, oh God, he was a staunch, staunch Catholic. So if we ever showed up to the house with like, even like tinted chapstick or painted nails, he was like, why do you have to dress like a whore? Like, you don't have to call yourself out like that. And it's just like, it's just fucking nail polish, grandpa. Like, what is this? Um, And it's kind of that thing that you don't quite realize is like, you know, sort of like growing inside of you or like sticking its its claws in you because it's so easy to just, yeah, like you said, internal internalize mm-hmm. that and then mm-hmm. kind of push it off on other people. So why a lot of women get jealous at other women could be because of internalized misogyny because I would see like these gorgeous girls like dressed just immaculate and just think oh they're sluts like why you gotta wear a short dress like that or you know like stupid things like mm-hmm. that that now I'm just like man whatever the hell wear whatever makes you you happy you know um, um sorry <laughs> can I just add an opinion real quick yeah of course um although I feel like uh women um are the ones that getting, you know, attacked by, you know, by being more feminine and by just presenting themselves a certain way. I feel like males are also kind of um, in the audience when that is happening and it kind of creates uh, an expectation for them to remain masculine, you know, to kind of carry on that expectation that is set upon them. Like, oh, okay, we're making the girls feel this way, then I should feel a certain way. Like I should be the male you know i should be the alpha and i feel like that's kind of unfair for them to well to start in one because some people kind of take it a bit too far but i feel like to the more softer dudes out there um they don't get the chance to you know to feel vulnerable they don't get the chance to express themselves you know and i feel like it kind of like although we are the ones being um pinned down i feel like it, it sucks in both ways too no, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like a um, sort of, yeah, that double-edged sword, so to speak, where, you know, we kind of have these ideals and expectations, but so do men. But at least, like, as women, like, it's okay for us to cry. It's okay for us to, like, scream and vent our frustrations. It's not looked as down upon when we're like, oh, yeah, I have to take, like, these antidepressant pills or I have to go see my therapist. Like, it's not as frowned upon when we do it so much more as like men do it um yeah i i agree that i agree because um in the science field i also worked with engineers and um even in the science field myself like women we were looked down on for being too feminine because we should be focusing on school not on our looks and um i came across a lot of women like like Although the science field does tend to have more men as of lately, I have been experienced experienced my field with more women. But I noticed how a lot of the women were like um, against each other. Uh, they were very competitive towards each other. While you see all the guys getting along with each other, you know, they, um, and then you always see like one girl like hanging out with a specific group of guys. And I would notice that for this particular group, uh, this girl, she 
you know, she thought crying was weak. She also would bully the people that her friends were bullying who happened to also be males. And I feel like she was trying to, it was that internalized misogyny that she had that she was trying to hold back so that she could be accepted by men and by putting other women down, even putting men down, if they showed any sign of what was considered feminine when it came to showing emotions. Yeah. I've witnessed that before, too. I mean, and I've been pissed at myself because, you know, times when I'm, like, really angry at something and, you know, you're just, like, I'll get angry and I'll be, like, in a fight or maybe an argument with somebody, but I'll be crying because I'm just, like, so upset. And then they think, like, you know, oh, look at this little crybaby because she's crying. And I'm like, bitch, I swear I will stab you right now. Like, I'm (laughs) very angry. Like, just because I'm crying doesn't mean, like, I'm I'm sad. Hands. I'm, <laughs> like, I'm very angry, but I just can't control myself and I have to cry right now, okay? Yeah. But I'm still angry. It's so weird how we make those feelings like demonized. Like not even just for males or just for just in general. But they're so therapeutic and cathartic. Like it's crazy to me that we're like trained from such a young age to try to shield what we're feeling. I'm really glad that we're in a, like, like in an age right now where we're so accepting of help and crying and therapy. Cause we have a lot of healing to do, not just like us, but like as, <laughs> as a community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think that's also a lot where, like, the whole term toxic masculinity just kind of comes from in itself is, you know, like, where toxic femininity a lot of the times is more of that internalized, like, self-hatred and and self-harm. Like, there's still obviously ones where it's, like, you know, obviously, like, when I was in the Navy, I would see a lot of, like, lifelong female sailors that were just, like, stone cold like ruthless bitches and i'm like but that's like the armor you have to put on to freaking survive in Mm -hmm. a man's world like that Mm -hmm. but like toxic masculinity is more of an outward um harmful projection i guess because Mm. they can't deal with what's going on inward like inside they can't handle really handle their emotions because they weren't taught to handle their emotions you know a lot of times it's men have strong they have to be the breadwinners they have to be the you know the rock for the family they have to be the stalwart ones and it's like no like we're we all have our weak points you know we all have our breaking points like there's just some days that yeah i'll just be like in the shower crying because i'm like this was a shitty week mm-hmm. and i just need to cry about it it's worse um, if you're the oldest. oh is there oh. a way that we could kind of welcome them or you know not just them but like everyone you know um you know that it's okay to be or to feel the way that you do to be you know vocal about your emotions because i feel like overall we're like you know it was mentioned earlier that we have all these you know therapies and we have access to heal but i feel like 
there's this gap in between the healing and the damage that um, doesn't allow us to access that because it's not being welcomed or, you know, it, it looks like if you want help, you kind of look down on, you know, like weak or something. So yeah. I don't know. I yeah. guess the question would just be like, what would be a good way to kind of invite people, you know, that it's okay that we could break down those walls and you don't have to put up a shield, you know, especially that's, that's toxic and that's just gonna, you know, I think it's to create like a safe space for people because mm -hmm. you know like uh, there could be someone who actually feels like they need help but they're surrounded in a circle that where they're toxic you bring out yeah. if you call out anything about them disrespecting women you're a bitch oh you're a simp you know so mm -hmm. they don't feel safe enough to speak out now if it doesn't have to be women though to create these spaces you know it shouldn't have to be women creating these safe spaces but it's more like just opening conversations like this. Like, I appreciate that Desmond's here, you know, but mm -hmm. part of me feels like I we need someone who is in the middle ground still, who still feel who who wouldn't be comfortable in this situation, in this conversation, because they need to be challenged. And yeah. then that's how I feel like that's how it can start. Now, that's one way, you know, but definitely creating safe spaces and then also creating a space where um, you can challenge people too, but not in a in a in a harmful manner either just challenge each other oh. yeah it's it's like such a hard thing because you know if a lot of it's just sort of an uphill battle because if you know we talking about it this is great like showing that we're you know we're open like open and honest conversation is sort of like the best way to do it and it's just very hard because you know again like with toxic masculinity if we're trying to say like dude it's okay to have feelings it's okay to do this and it's like shut the fuck up you don't know anything about me and it's like sort of like the instinct is to to push away or mm -hmm. you know attack yeah. because like no i'm not wrong <laughs> like stop telling me i'm wrong because that's sort of like what a lot of men take it as like if we say like toxic masculinity or misogyny they take it as an attack and it's you know a lot like black lives matter how they take that as an attack against white mm -hmm. people you know yeah so yeah, we I definitely need more men to come to the table to be like bro it's fine we are fucked up <laughs> Mm -hmm. stop being like the hashtag not all men because that's a lot of the issue too is like when people speak up you know there's always the ones that are like it's not all men and it's like it's enough men like and you saying yeah. it's not all men is showing that you are just as defensive as everyone else and you're part of the problem because you're trying to be dismissive and saying it's not everyone it's not a big problem mm-hmm yeah, and I think it's it's gonna it's not something we can solve overnight. It's like consistent, like consistently checking in on your friends, you know. And I think we're so used to, because it's crazy. Because even though we have so much access to each other twenty four seven with social media and just with phones in general, even if you're not on social media, but we don't scratch the surface, even with some of our closest friends sometimes, you know, you ask how they're doing and they say, oh, I'm all right, how you doing? You know, I've been, 
the last couple of years, I've been trying to be real intentional with the questions I ask. Like, oh, like, how have you been? What's been going well and what's been going a little bit, like, more difficult for you? And just slowly making, like, those safe spaces. But it's, I think it's hard to say, like, here's the platform. Like, come on over to it in a sea mm-hmm. of toxicity rather than, and I'm not saying, like, it's our job to go up to everybody and mm-hmm. ask how they're doing. But, you know, check on your friends intentionally, especially right now. Like, ask very intentional questions, not just how you've been lately. Because for whatever reason, everybody regurgitates, I'm fine. Things are going well. How are you doing? It's like, no, things are usually not going well. Like, we're battling different things every day. Or if you, something really great happened, like, open up the space where they can actually genuinely answer, you know? Mm. And I, I think know, they're I, just... Like, mm-hmm. I say I'm fine when I'm not, but I don't <laughs> want to talk about it. You know, I'm just like, yeah, yeah. fine. <laughs> and then I'll say yeah, that's not okay. And then people are like, mm, but are you? Because you don't sound okay. And then I'm like, <laughs> I am not okay. Yeah. Aww. Even like what's been on your mind lately is way more intentional than it. how you've been. Yeah, sometimes then, when I yeah. ask people... It's okay. Go ahead. All right. Okay. So I know sometimes when I ask people, like, because for me, like, I need, like, straightforward answers sometimes, but not because I'm an ass, but it's just because literally I intake information different. Like, so if someone tells me, I ask them, oh, how was your day? It was all right. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, (laughs) you know, like, all right to me, all right means, like, it wasn't that great, but I don't want to tell you that it wasn't great or does all right to you mean like it was great like you know what does that mean so I tend to like just ask more questions or people like I'm okay so I ask them like what is okay what is okay and what's not okay like you know when it comes to opening conversations with that I do that to my boyfriend a lot because he was struggling with he had a group of friends who are very toxic who who actually would try to influence him on controlling me because I was shaving, I wasn't shaving my armpits. I was letting my, you know, body hair grow. And his friends would always criticize him for letting me do what I wanted to do. And in our early relationship, I noticed how he was um, kind of carrying carrying those traits from them onto me. And uh, whenever he started actually um, contradicting them, that's when they started uh, bullying him, calling him a bitch, calling him you know, these calling him like mean words because he was defending women. He started realizing what he was doing was toxic and stuff. So like with him, so I'm starting with my boyfriend, just actually trying to open a space where like, Hey, you can talk to me about this, you know? Um, so when he tells you he's all right, I'll be like, what does that mean? You know? Yeah. That's amazing though. That's good that you're trying. I mean, it absolutely sucks. That, like, he has to go through that and he has kind of shitty friends like that but it is also just right now like the culture and society it's just like that a lot with a lot of things you know the media we you know we take in kind of has the the ideals still like of bygone Mm -hmm. eras um and it's definitely changing it's slow change Mm-hmm. It's just, it's really, really freaking hard. <laughs> it is. I can say this year alone, I lost, I, and I don't feel bad. 
I lost more friends this year than than I ever had before. And they're like, you never been this vocal. Well, I, I got now I got something to lose, but I don't care no more. Because I'm getting tired of social media. Yeah. Yeah. Like that the change for me started with going with going into nerdy stuff, The Last Jedi, seeing how John Boyega mm-hmm. Um, Oscar Isaac and Kelly Marie Tran are being treated as opposed to Daisy Ridley and Adam Driver and then if we're going to go to more of the personal route seeing um, Elliot Page coming out as trans and then seeing all these assholes mm-hmm. especially those who are in my who I considered friends but like nope we're done we're through peace out bitch and I'm like yeah. no like I don't need you here like and it depends on who you have in your like. I can say my inner circle is more understanding. Like, like Carol knows Freddie, Jimmy, and Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Us, we we can be vulnerable. We have said some vulnerable shit. I'm not gonna say about their vulnerable stuff, but we all have said our vulnerable stuff as men. I'm just the more vocal one on on the internet that they are. And, and I know there's yeah. there's still there the in the inlay trait between their own families, and I'm not gonna speak on their families. But I know for me, my family, <laughs> I'll just say this about my own family on the all chance they hear this. If given the chance, I will ghost. Girl, <laughs> same. I, I'm like, I, like, that meme, the peace out and it disappears. I would, given the chance, I would. Yeah. Knowing the responsibilities I have, and yes, because my parents are gone now. My grandmother, well, the matriarchs and the one patriarch of the family is is gone, and then my parents are gone. Is now falling on me and another cousin. I don't want to be in that position. I don't want to be in that leadership position. Position. I don't, and I have been vocal about that. I do yeah. not want this. And I did not, and that's also one of the reasons why I don't want children. Is partially i partially raised my brothers I've, yeah i've raised kid i've raised a kid who well he's in his 20s but he's autistic like so like no i never wanted this so <laughs> so i don't mind being open and honest and being vulnerable and also to call back benita's one who set my black ass straight too when i when we first met I had my own little toxic <laughs> toxic mentality, and that's how we met. She took me to task, and even though it was just a message, I can just feel you can just feel the rage. And I'm just like, you know what? I need to go back thinking like the X Men. Everyone is inclusive, because I was not thinking that X Men mentality anymore at that time. So I thank Benita on that. <laughs> Oh, well, you're welcome. But that's also a good point because, like, so what is it like, you know, kind of like sort of be raised with these huge expectations? Like, you're going to be the man of the house. You're the one that's going to be in charge. Like, what sort of pressures are you feeling, like, societal-wise? Because, I mean, like, me growing up, I was the baby of the family. And while, you know, in school, I wanted to be the cool kid I also didn't really care that much if I was popular because I had my group of friends like I didn't really care what other people thought that much of me because I had my my friends so I really only cared about what my friends thought of me um 
but like as a man like is there a pressure for you to be like on point all the time and like you know super suave macho man i was never any of that i was i, was, I can I, I will say this because i've always been quiet about this i was treated differently even though i'm the oldest my brother calvin has more charisma and personality than i do even though most people who know me blame no you do if you grew up with us you can see that like the subtle change like i did try out for sports to get approval from my pops and he'll always come up with a reason why um why i shouldn't do it to pull me out so i try to play basketball your grades are horrible get out or i try to play football i was technically good at it he pulled me out because i was his reasons clumsy i tried to play baseball they never pay I, I legit played base, a whole season of baseball to find that we came in third in the championships. This also taught me about no one ever will ever get a trophy. I found out my parents never paid the coach, the coach and the person over the league felt bad and let me stay. They just told me to pull me in during the award ceremony, what my parents did. So I've been, le- I'm left out on the team photo the roster never got a trophy but i play a whole year of baseball for that just for that i wanted to do well, that I, sucks. I know i wanted to be a skateboarder no i wanted to do voice acting no i wanted to be a musician they say no you're too lazy what's the point of us playing uh, putting in money but when my brother wanted to be an actor they let him go to hollywood high they paid for all this stuff for him and it was like, you're in and out of the hospital. Why would she let you do anything? So I was treated like I wasn't the oldest. And then at a certain point, when I got into my 20s, you need to focus on getting a job, getting an actual career. Why you need to be an artist? Why are you doing this? Do something else with your life. Don't like get a... So that's why I was in career um, community college for so long. I was doing business, library science, um, English, would it, if I would have stuck with it, I would have probably been an English professor. Culinary, um, if I want to stay there any longer, I would probably want to done automotive. Literally, I have those same backgrounds, English, culinary, and automotive, and then art, ultimately. And, wow. yeah, and I'm like, so, and then why are you so nervous around women? I'm fucking scared. <laughs> I don't know what to fucking say. You <laughs> like, like what the fuck like anything i say like i always heard yeah you cute but not that cute to date like like come on <laughs> like my brother he'd be like you gotta do this like wait a minute when the fuck i'm the oldest is the one who has to get the advice <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here <laughs> that's kind of like interesting though because that i mean and i sorry i definitely don't mean to like throw your parents like under the metaphorical bus or whatever but that's kind of a toxic environment right there like you kind of got shot down all the time like they weren't really listening to like what your hopes and dreams were for yourself or what you wanted for yourself so like were you joining the sports teams for yourself or were you joining them more for your your dad in retrospect it was for my dad 
because I, I wanted to be a Laker. I wanted to be a Dodger. <laughs> At the time when the Raiders <laughs> was still in L.A., I wanted to be an L.A. Raider. I was like, there was like, I wanted to do all that stuff. But then when I discovered hockey, and it was like, oh, I know how to rollerblade. Probably that will transition. They said no black person plays hockey. When we find out, there is black hockey players. So when I started having interests of anything that's not of the culture, which is black culture, I started. I have been called an Oreo the longest. I didn't know what the fuck an Oreo was until I got into high school. Ew. I was like, what? My mom even called me an Oreo. Oh. Hmm. I was like, I, I was like, for the long, and then I started learning the word incel recently. I was mm. like, what? Just because I don't want to be in a relationship or have a physical relationship, I'm an incel? Get the fuck oh. out of here. Like I have, yeah. I have a good long list of reasons why I don't like. There, I do have my bouts where I do want to be in a relationship, but then, like, literally sitting and thinking to myself, I'm like, nah, I really like, I, I, I value my my personal time. Like, and then on top of that, I have been burned, <laughs> and, and Carol, no, the this this one situation of me being burned because I actually. I did some, I will admit this one. I fucked that one up. Being a mean person. Like, this person went back to their ex. And the whole tutoring center found out about this person. And then this person came back to try to come back to work. Being an ass. To make it seem like I was giving our boss her application to come back. I actually put it into the uh, pepper shredder. Mm. I was like, she hurt me. I let her near my brother. Which is uh, no, like seriously, if I'm serious about someone, I want to see how they interact with my younger brother. Yeah, I don't care mm-hmm. how old here he's ever going to be. Mm-hmm. I like I know someone who's autistic. I I've helped schools with autistic adults and children. When you bring someone into your relationship, like you have to know, like this person is my priority. You're still a priority, but this person is my priority. I was like, my, my even my brother said that they like it. I was like, all right. I was like, I'm, I'm sorry, old Desmond has to, like this this one little tinge of Desmond is coming back. I felt good, but yeah, ultimately though, I'm I'm I was just like, if I if I want to feel open, I will feel open. But I just don't like the now the terms of. Simp, I embraced. I don't mind saying I'm a simp for uh, Rosario Dawson. Everybody knows this. <laughs> if you listen to I mean... any of, of the giant countryman robot, it's now world known that we have five countries listening to this. I'm a simp for <laughs> Rosario Dawson and Mar- Marissa Tomei. This is a different world. Day one, Marissa Tomei. I mean, come on. They're both beautiful women, so. Yes. so like, okay, fine. so I have a question for you, Desmond. Yes. May I ask this question? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, earlier you mentioned how, uh, you know, you wanted to be in a relationship and you didn't, uh, but at the same time, people will question you as to why aren't you in one or you should be in like in a physical relationship. Do you think that's rooted to toxic masculinity? Do you think that as you, a man, you know, you're a grown man, you should already have a woman by your side because you're a grown man. Like if you don't, then you're not a man. Do you think it's connected to that? Yeah. 
because if you're not in a relationship or you not you don't find anyone attractive at the moment, dudes will automatically think you're gay. Mm. Or you're suspect. I'm like, what? I was like, yeah. I don't want to be with anyone. I was like, how is that like me gay? I was like, what the it fuck? It took me a long time to come to terms with the fact that I was asexual because um you know again people make it seem like relationships are normal like you're supposed to find someone get together have the house and the kids and all that jazz like you're supposed to want sex like everything shows Mm -hmm. you you are Mm -hmm. supposed to want it's fine it's normal so like i was forcing myself to do things that I really didn't want to do because I thought I was the weird one that I was like Mm -hmm. the wrong one and I had to conform to you know what society or you know what the normal standards of relationships and all that stuff was so like finally I it was one of my therapists I don't remember which one it was but she was just like, you know, you could just be asexual. And I'm like, I could be what? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> what is what is this? <laughs> and then, like, she talked me through it. And I was like, that makes so much sense. Like, um, and it's like, it was just, it was hard because, you know, there'd be times when, like, my boyfriend at the time would be like, oh, you know, I want to have sex. And I'm like, I'm not really feeling it. And he's like, why are you always so frigid all the time? Like, or, you know, just, like, even throwing off in, like, frigid bitch or cold bitch. Like, mm-hmm. that's just not... <laughs> definitely doesn't feel good. And that's something, like, a pain you just sort of internalize. So I can, like, only imagine, like, how it could just be, like, ten times worse for a dude that's just like, man, I'm not really feeling it. And then you could just be, like, being called, I mean, I guess, called pussy or bitch or, yeah, gay. Like just destroying your quote-unquote manhood because you know you're like oh whatever sex (laughs) yeah i feel like can i go yeah okay i feel like a lot of uh part of toxic masculinity is rooted how a lot of men want to know someone's sexual like uh preference and when it it's there's it's not important so like to touch back on desmond like why doesn't desmond have a partner you know like is he gay like why the fuck does that matter and if he was it's none of your fucking business like you know like it's nothing wrong with that like literally someone's sexual life is none of your business but people are so obsessed to want to know like someone's sex life because when i was dorming i was dorming with four men and i had my own room and they literally thought i was gay though there is no problem with that they thought i was gay because i wouldn't bring men to my dorm room you know, like, and if I did bring men to, like, the our dorm, it was in the living room to study. You know, but they thought, like, oh, are you gay? Are you into women? You know, like, it's like, I'm supposed, like, you guys aren't bringing women in your dorm rooms. You don't see me questioning your sexuality. <laughs> like, why do I have to be the one bringing in men? You know, like, like it's expected of me because I'm a woman. Yeah. You know, and I'm living in a room full, in a dorm full with four men, you know. Oh, I must, like, you know, I must like want sex you know i don't know it's just (sighs) this is unlocking a lot of memories now (laughs) (laughs) 
the fun and traumatic talk of toxic masculinity. <laughs> Anyone else? Oh. Anyone? Huh? I was like, anyone else has something to add, uh, add if they wanted to? Just, I'm helping Benita along. <laughs> Jackie? Um, well, I do agree with everything that's been said. <laughs> but um, as for me, um, I guess my only experiences would be just... Um, I guess, I don't know, past relationships, um, the dude just always felt like he needed to be, like, again, the alpha. Um, in my household, it's just been a little different. That's why I'm more um, kind of, I'd say I, I treat the males a little nicer because... Um, for example, my dad, like he's, I feel like the opposite of what the ideal father would be, um, you know, as mean and you're not good enough, like kind of like very demanding, you know, he's actually very supportive and um, like, I don't know, when, when I'd wear lipstick or something, he'd be like, you know what, you look nice today. And I guess because of his way of... Um, of parenting it kind of transferred over to my brother because it's just me and my brother as a sibling um and he's actually very similar to my dad he's also very chill and very calm in his own way and um he's like he does take like those like you know male roles like when it comes to helping me with like something heavy or when it comes to handling more of a I don't know, harder job that I can't, like, let's say, like, if I need something to be cut a certain way, mm -hmm. or I don't know, just something that I guess a girl can't handle, but, like, he would help me out with that. And it's, like, mm -hmm. um, I guess that's why I'm just a bit more forgiving when it comes to to male emotions, because although they are very, you know, gentler males, um, they still don't really speak about their emotions, and it's like, if someone like them can't speak about the way they feel so openly, like, it makes me just, it makes me worry, you know? It makes me just, um, I don't know, just consider the other males out there. Like, those are, like, you know, my my dad and my brother, like, they're their family. And it's like, if they can't be even vocal with me, like, who's to say, you know, like, about the other males out there? that are you know unheard of and it's like i don't know my experiences with with um with masculinity has always just come from relationships it's never really been in my household um so i definitely feel like uh you know the way that certain people um are put to or put through ever since you know their their child you know and they bloom a certain way i feel like definitely the way that they're raised is something that um takes a toll and you know that i don't know just takes a really big impact on um mm -hmm. because as for the dude I, I used to date uh his household was very like 
machismo, you know? Like, his dad was, um, he was very strict and very mean looking. And I don't know, he was just nothing like my dad. So I feel like maybe the way that he grew up was obviously the way that made him be the way that he was, you know? Yeah. Um, so I just, I don't know. It, I guess that's just been my experience. Um, and obviously you can't bring out someone out of their space, you know, when they're, especially when they're growing up. So I feel like just being in someone's life to always consider that, as mentioned before, you know, that they're okay, that, um, you know, how they're doing. And sometimes questions can be a little bit hard to answer when you're like, oh, how are you doing? Of course, you're always going to say, I'm fine. And you're always going to have to push to get that actual answer. So sometimes I feel if questions aren't doing the job, also consider just sending a random paragraph like, hey, I hope you're okay. I've been thinking about you. Um, you know, I'm proud of you for, you know, making it this far. Like just, you know, I feel like maybe questions might not get too far, but always throw out the fact that they're being thought of. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess I'm done here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, gonna, bye bye. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I was gonna piggyback on, on what Jackie was saying. Um mm -hmm. now I can I'm now speaking more on my health. Um, I do feel more vulnerable now than I did like years ago. Like I've done shit in the, the art department where they'd be like, you sure you can do this? I'm like, yeah, I can do it. And I do it. And then I'm next minute I'm hurting for the rest of the fucking day. Like I need, mm. like I, I, it finally took me to be like, I can't do it. My knee, like I'm literally maybe a year or two away to be putting into a wheelchair. And oh. <laughs> so I'm like, I have to be more open. Like I can't do, and then that pisses me off. Where, and it it is tied to masculinity. Was like I can't lift shit anymore because I have to now think about like, okay, if I do this, this is what I'm gonna be feeling for the rest of the day. Quick, my cat is licking me. Quick, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that toxic felinity. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, I'm like this. This like. I now have to like start learning to be like, nah, I can't do this. Like I always felt bad when it was the art show. If I'm the one who will volunteer to help or I was a curator for one. The all those times there was days where I was so much in pain that I was literally not showing it. I was just acting it off, like, oh I'm I'm fine. I was like, all right, just do this, do that. Like I would do anything else but try to help set anything because I'm in like it's so much in pain. And I try to not show it. So I'm like, and I don't, and I, and this is the only, this would be now the only time I, I'm actually openly saying that. So like, yeah, but and it is tied to, it's it like, you, it's the it, people was like, you're lazy. I'm like, you don't know how much pain I'm in. Like right now I'm currently like clutching my fist because I'm currently in pain right now and I have no pain meds or anything. I have to just deal with this. Yeah. So it's like, it is what it is. And I think there's like, I mean there's just so many different like levels i guess you could you could say of toxic masculinity because like for me i feel like a lot of like just like mexicans and hispanics in general kind of have that traditional type um mm -hmm. masculinity where you know like 
religious wise it's like oh the women are always subservient to the men um the men are in charge you know they're the breadwinners they're they're the kings of the castle um so to speak and i think a little bit i mean obviously with just my my black friends that i've talked to with this just like the black culture also has a bit of a a big religious background as well so i think it could be similar that like oh yep women subservient but like i think that's also changing a lot with them too but i know hispanic wise like religion is huge um and me being a spiteful bitch when my grandfather finally passed away i definitely wore a shit ton of makeup and i wore my painted nails and i showed off my tattoos because i was like my father was kind of nice but that's a whole mm-hmm. other story. So it was just more my spiteful way to go to his funeral and kind of be like my little fuck you to to him. Um, but I think with, say, like white people and white men, there's a different type of toxicity mm-hmm. with them where it could be mm-hmm. a little bit of that traditional toxicity of, yeah, like men ruling the roost, but also like kind of throwing a little bit of racism there um and also sort of just having that like that higher level of like deal with your shit like don't show any emotion and that's why like a lot of the times you see with like say star wars them sending death threats and racist things to john boyega on Kelly Marie Tran, even Daisy Ridley, like Daisy Ridley and Kelly Marie Tran were both like, fucking, you know, not thrown off or in like social media, but they left social media because of just the huge outpouring of just sexist Mm -hmm. and racist things. Um, And it's always just been like fascinating to me to see why men like someone says something they don't like or if something they don't like happens like they immediately go to like violence like it's just always been an issue with me of why so well we kind of touched on it a little because we were saying we teach them oh you can't show your emotions you have to be strong so when you're constantly hammering it into their heads be strong don't show your emotions be strong be a man be strong and then when they're flustered or they're angry or they're disappointed, all they know is, I must be strong now. And what the hell does that turn into? Fucking violence. And it's like, there's connections here. And it's crazy that as a community, we're not making that. I don't excuse that behavior. But it's like, the community's fucking herded them towards this being the reaction oh i feel feelings i must be strong no yeah like i don't excuse Mm -hmm. it at all but it's just like when you start to think about it it. yeah Mm -hmm. definitely i understand yeah it's like you know like gamergate like that whole thing um zoe quinn basically like still cannot be on social media because she'll still get like death threats and um like just horrible thing. I don't even know how many times she's been doxxed or even. Oh my God, what was her up? Anita. Sarkeesian. Anna. Yes. Like 
she literally can't really do anything without having like a personal escort because she is so freaking hated. And I mean, personal things aside, like literally all she did was just be like, look, why do we have such sexist video games? And me, who is replaying Mass Effect 2 right now, and that game is so tailored to the male gaze, it's just ridiculous. I kind of forgot. I mean, I love the Mass Effect series game, but I just sort of forgot how sexualized it was and how it became more hypersexualized over the next few games. Like the first Mass Effect game, yeah, definitely had like the half-naked Asari dancing in clubs, but all throughout the games the only people you see half-naked dancing, and literally the only people you actually see naked are the women. I mean, you'll have conversations, like, especially with Miranda, where I'm talking to her, and the screen, like, literally how the camera is faced is her butt is right in front of you, and your character Shepard is, like, across the room, so they're, like, a much smaller figure than Miranda's butt. Or even, like, when I romanced Garrus, which is, you can only romance Garrus as, like, a female Shepard, Mm-hmm. And literally, the romance scene starts with Shepard in the shower, and then he up close of her butt before then, like, tracking up her body to talk to to Garrus. So it's like, even the romance scene that was made for women is still tailored to men. Like, it's just... What? Yeah, what? That also. <laughs> so it's just sort of one of those things where it's then I wonder if, like, you see so many things tailored to you, so when women start speaking up and being like, well, what about us? Like, why can't we have a game tailored? Or why can't we have a game with, like, a non-sexualized character? Then, like, they get super pissed because they feel like we're encroaching on their territory and we're, like, wanting to take all their toys away or something when we're like, no, we just want you to share the toys. Mm-hmm. Like, Look at Josephine. Um, in, in Dragon Age Inquisition. That is the most non-sexualized romance in a video game ever. Yeah, like, I didn't romance her. I, I love her, I, though. I but... did. It was, it was played up like... She was, like... How we talk about how we're putting thrust upon a position we didn't want to be in in our family. So, like me, I don't want to be... I don't want to be the leader of the family as the oldest... That's how Josephine is played. And so her romance is like, she doesn't get to be herself. Um, And the Inquisitor is like, they both, like, they don't want to be in the position they're in. And that's why, that's how they end up in a relationship. Mm-mm. Yeah, like um, in the video game, Darksiders 3, um, in the first two Darksiders, they had male lead roles, yeah. right? You had death and you had war. So in the third one, you have Fury. Fury is a female. So the character traits that they all have in common, in my opinion, is that they're they're all arrogant. They all know that they're very strong and they do whatever they want. So now, but I was noticing a lot of complaints about Darksiders 3. It's like people complaining. I feel like these are people who don't know the lore and just want to talk shit because there's a female leading it. Yeah. Um, they were saying like, oh, why do we have to have female? This is fitting the agenda. I was like, oh, excuse you, if you read the comics and read the books, you would know that Fury has always been a woman. Even before, like, when Darksiders 1 came out, which is like maybe like eight years ago, like, it's, Fury has always been a woman. It's just now she's being debuted on 
a video game now, finally. And um, I feel like she carries the same traits as um, Death and War. It's just that the only difference is she's a woman. But now because she's a woman, she's posed as arrogant. She's too yeah. childish. You know, and um, although the game itself, Mary Sue. yeah, it's just, it, it just, it pissed me off because first of all, I'm like, I'm a big Darksiders fan. So I'm just like, you know, they're all the same. The only difference is that she is a woman and she knows her power. And because she knows of her abilities, she's a bitch. But because of these other, because her other brothers know their ability, they're strong. They're, you know, they're allowed to be arrogant versus the women, you know, because fury she's a bad bitch like she don't give a fuck she she kills whenever she wants to kill she kills when she's bored like and she fights with her brothers and um one of the sins in that game actually like is in love with her because she's so fiery you know she's so she's she's strong and um i kind of didn't like that because i feel like that's imposing the idea like oh because she doesn't show feminine attributes like you know she's also attractive that's how she's fitting into this world mm-hmm. um but i do like her because she knew who she was and her character arc ended up changing towards the end where she kind of felt like oh maybe humans do matter <laughs> in that sense but um <laughs> does that sound like um, familiar to you benita <laughs> <laughs> well tell me tell me there's a character named vivian who is like fury mm-hmm. She mm. she knows she's a B, but she yeah. does but she does not and her character she owns it she owns oh, she it. owns it and her character if she gets into a position of power by the end of the game she does not change her stance or views. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. I love her, but she also is a bit of a traditional of this. So it's like I love her because she owns being a bitch, but I'm also like, oh, you want to go back to like me just being in towers and separated from and i don't agree with that so no but i still Mm -hmm. but next (laughs) let's not alienate our artists in the room um kaylee and jacks um have any um i because i've learned from mikey on artist talk um how and how i've learned i've learned as someone who is straight and like but as a man i felt i didn't know that not everyone is treated the same within the art department especially at our alma mater, um, do y'all feel the same like Mikey? You know, you know, like it's treated different between me and it, t- in terms of gender as well. And, the, and if and also if you have experienced anything that I did not know, if I want to know, since I'm alumni, I can speak on it. You know. Personally, I haven't at Dominguez Hills experienced anything like that. I don't know if it's just I've really luckily dodged some bullets, but I haven't had any negative experiences. And actually, I've had the opposite experience. I feel like I've been really like it's like a fresh of breath air to be there. There's the hard talks about societal expectations. I've had professors that have talked about things that can be uncomfortable but need to be talked about and I've also I feel like uh, I've had really patient and understanding professors because I've had some of the hardest years of my life at Dominguez like outside of school and professors inside have been so 
understanding. Like I've cried in front of probably all of the professors that I've taken so far. And I just, I feel like I've grown a lot and felt even more solidified in my decision to come to Dominguez. But I know that might not be um, standard maybe. Hmm. So you have, you have experienced like, uh, like, I guess, like, what's it called? Sexism in your field, for, in your shoes? You haven't experienced it? I don't in, think so. Okay. I am. Um, mm. I actually even broke down recently because I do make a lot of artwork that is sexual and it's hard, especially as a queer woman, like mm-hmm. trying to figure out is my work objectifying or celebrating women? Is my work resonating with women or people that are maybe non-binary more so than it's resonating with men. Mm-hmm. But I actually recently, just a couple of weeks ago, had like a breakdown cry where I said my art was silly because it's about sex. And a male professor was like, your art is not silly. If anybody should be making work about sex, it should be you. Why shouldn't it be you? And why is that silly? And just like made me feel even more like confident in por- mm-hmm. not portraying um, presenting that work and being like I'm professional I'm going to school and I'm also making artwork about sex and chubby bodies and you know yeah Good. do you think like uh, maybe lesson wise has there been any like like systemic almost like misogyny or toxicity in the fact that like maybe if they're teaching you artists are they teaching you about both male female people of color gay or straight or like they talking about just like classic white artists like look at these masterworks of (laughs) da vinci and you know picasso and like just yeah again man i've i've been so grateful every single class that i've taken every single one Like, I cannot pull any one class that I've taken out of it, have addressed that the canon is all white and bullshit, and they have talked about, like, queer art, they've talked about women artists as much, if not more, than men, and they'll be like, you know what, women don't get enough credit in this realm, in this art, yes, Ellsworth, Lawrence Ramirez, um, so many, like, they want to give artists... Um, complete credit for the work that wasn't shined upon, I guess, during those times. Mm-hmm. But man, I've been, I've learned about so many amazing artists of color, queer artists, like, I, and, like, every single professor has been like, yeah, fuck the canon, like, we're gonna talk about some stuff that maybe you've never heard of before. That's so important. It is. That makes me so grateful to be. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I don't know if Jackie has had similar. So I'm so I'm so interested to hear if she's had similar different experiences. Jackie, (laughs) if you're awake, (laughs) we'll get back. Maybe she's taking a nap. (laughs) Maybe I add something to that. Hell yes. Yeah, add what you want. Yeah, so, like, I feel like this is very important because earlier we asked, like, how can we, like, 
combat toxic masculinity and that's one way like uh, your professors are already creating a space to acknowledge other people besides men because then you always hear arguments from men saying like oh no men are better at this like tell me a woman that that does this and sometimes we don't know because we're not taught that you know yeah. we can only name men so that's important because if uh, someone goes like oh, no, men are better artists than women. And then you're like, well, that's not true. It's like, oh, name me a woman that's really good at this. And then you're going boom, 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 because it's already embedded in you. You're taught it, you know, yeah. versus like, because like me, I only know about men, male artists, because that's what I grew up learning. You know, I'm not an art major, but like, you know, here and there, like taught in, in middle school and high school, I only know like male. So if a guy were to tell me male, men artists are better than women, I'd be like, that's not true. And they'll ask me, okay, who do you know that's a female artist? I'm like, uh, Frida Kahlo? <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah. I can only bring up that thing. So that's very important. And I'm glad you shared that because now something in my head turned on. I was like, hmm, I need to look into more female artists. You yeah. know, and my sister's an artist, a female artist at that. And I don't pay attention to that or what she's learning. I you know? I feel not be. <laughs> <laughs> not helping you. Yeah. And, you know, it never feels like they're teaching it to, like, like, oh, we have to show a woman also. So here's a woman. See, we show women, too. It, like, feels like, yo, this girl is so badass. This is what she did. And I think you in particular, you'd really like this art piece. You, I think, I think you would really resonate with this different artist. You should look her up and we'll look at some of her paintings or, you know. They're genuinely so hyped about the content that they're that they're showing that it doesn't feel ever like they're like, oh, and I guess we should also show someone that's female. Oh, look, she did a drawing. That's nice. Like, it's so <laughs> fucking, like, passionate. Yeah. Um, like, I was just remembering there was one, it was, like, I think a few years ago, um, the dude that runs Blumhouse. Um, Jason and Blum. like made some yeah. Oh my god, is made... that how you pronounce that? I fucking call it Bloomhouse. Oh, is it Bloomhouse or is it no? Bloom I House? you are probably right, and I feel like a <laughs> jackass right now. What were you saying? Oh. I'm so sorry. But, no, it's okay. He came under fire because remember he was like asked a question about like female directors, and he was like, "Oh, there's no like female horror directors." out there and like really stuck his foot in his mouth and it sort of like brought up this conversation about like why do you think women can't direct horror and then like showing all of these like women directors that have done horror um and at least he later on was like yeah i was a moron um I'm sorry <laughs> i'm definitely yeah. gonna like look into this because it's just sort of understanding the different perspective you yeah. know we can bring like um even like jordan peele like bringing that oh different gosh. black perspective to horror where you're like holy shit <laughs> you know mm -hmm. his um, work is amazing yeah mm -hmm. so it's just you know at least admitting to at least jason blum's case like when you're wrong and to at least kind of go and do your part to to change the world and, yeah. and make things better. But I think one of the biggest hurdles a lot of men face is that admitting they're wrong or 
not even so much admitting mm-hmm. they're wrong, it's just admitting like the toxicity. Because I think yeah. a lot of them just feel like if they admit to that what they're doing is toxic, then they're a bad person. And it's like, to me, bad is like, it's not binary. You know, you are not good. You are not bad. You are on this scale. And we're always mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. moving up and up and down that scale. Because I know there's sometimes I'm way more bitchy than I need to be. So <laughs> I can definitely move, move down towards that. that yeah, bad we're human. Ground. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's accountability. It's just, That's important. Yeah, yes. I agree. For sure. For sure. And so I think, you know, just, yeah, like having teachers teach the different perspectives, but, you know, also like just to show that it's not just, it's not black and white. It's, you know, it's not this or that. It's just this huge scale. It's this whole open world with different people and just sort of trying to teach men how to live with the different people and not sort of live above them they have they think the world like revolves around them like no it doesn't it's like so embedded as like american people think that and then even further as like an american white male it's like the world revolves around me everything is made for me if i don't know about it it doesn't exist I've been uh, learning a lot about European history through like, like a drama show, and all I see is like, man, this is nothing about toxic masculinity, people appointed by God, and incest, like you know, and just killing, like that's that's what it's all about. And then I start touching, like this European history is so toxic. I was like, they even brought it to America, and, you know, like I was just ranting to myself yeah. yesterday, and I was like, well, and they like shame women. You know, there isn't a lot of record of women back then because they were more focused on the men because God appoints only men to be a true mm-hmm. heir of something. It's like, no, when did they get with this self-centered, like, oh, I'm me, you know, because God chose me. I'm like, mm-hmm. God chose, like, 20 of you guys. I see you're all fighting. So, like, yo, you didn't you take it up with God. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, take it up with God. Don't, like, you know, tax people there. You know, don't just, like, call women whores because they had more than yeah. one husband or, like, I don't uh, trust me i like european history but then like because i'm learning more about colonization too i'm able to connect it to and i can criticize european history as well yeah anyways that's a whole different topic deeper topic but it's yeah man. that's the thing is <laughs> this, this topic is just so yeah. ingrained and it's mm-hmm. there and like talking you know talking about one thing leads to something else and you just kind of start realizing just <laughs> how like systemic it is and you're like man mm-hmm. we got a lot of work to do so much mm-hmm. work to do like i didn't even realize how freaking um like conceited american people really were until i joined the navy and i went to other countries and i'm like where do we get off being this fucking cocky like <laughs> <laughs> Are we, yeah. Is our country really that great? Because I don't think so. I'm in mean, <laughs> Singapore, and I'm looking at these people. Look how clean these streets are. Like they got, they got some nice healthcare over here too. Like, yeah. why, why are we better than these people? I don't. I always, my son's, he's uh, in third grade right now, and he, he's being fed right now specifically. They're talking about. Um, 
they were talking about Columbus recently. I was just like, Fernando, I want you to really, when you're learning this stuff, don't just take it in, like process it and think about what they're teaching you. And look at the, how many people aren't white in your community and in the world, but then look at your history book, Papa, and look at what is being told to you and think about it. Don't just take it as a fact because, you know, the people that wrote these books look just like the people inside of them, and that's not a good representation of the world or our country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he does. He's been really critically thinking about it, and, like, I'll even sometimes if I'm in a class in a different room on the laptop, he'll be like, Mom, I had a question. We were learning about this. Is this how it really happened, or, like, was it different? And a lot of the times it is different. Like, they're talking about Rosa Parks and stuff, and, of course, they glaze over so much it just i mean the story that they portray already is horrible but it's like that's just barely the tip of the iceberg of what happened in that time Mm -hmm. so you know seeing him think about like mom is this how it happened is there something they're not telling me now rather than later like i didn't learn about a lot of that stuff until i was an adult i was like ashamed almost like damn how did i not know this but like i know about the subject yeah. Like, I know what it is, but I don't really know. I remember this one time um, in history class, seventh or eighth grade. It was, like, such a, like, eye-opening, like, moment for me because the teacher was just opening up with, like, oh, you know, who do you think discovered America? And, like, having us, like, write down our answers. And he goes through all the answers. And he was like, well, this was a trick question. He's like, because how do you discover something when people already live there? It's like, oh, why is it a, like, he's like, people have yeah. already been here. They've lived here for thousands of years. Why is it only a discovery when the white men arrive? Like, why is the white man perspective more important than the Native American perspective? And I'm just like, what have I been, te- what have I been learning <laughs> my whole life? Like, what? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. My life the moment is so pivotal. Yeah, yeah, like, it's just that moment where you sort of, like, you feel that switch in your brain. And so I think we need to switch a lot of brains. Um, yeah. A lot of a lot. So of you things. have to unlearn and relearn. Yeah. A lot of that. Um, yeah. Yes. And I'm trying to make that relearn and unlearn process as small as possible for my son. I mean, I'm sure it's not going to be perfect, but damn. At least his mind won't be completely blown when he grows up. Like, damn, I don't know anything. I thought I knew right. a little bit of something, but I don't know shit. Oh, so... He might have, like, the dimmer switch, you know? Where it's just, like, a light... It's a light enlightenment, you know? Mm-hmm. Instead of, like, the whole switch. and you're just like... It's too bright, you gotta kind of bl- squint a little, like, damn, yeah. that's bright, what the hell have I been making? Yeah. <laughs> Love, uh, He's ready with the sunglasses. Something I should have said at the top of the episode. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Um, everyone is at home. Um, mm-hmm. So if you hear police cars, do- police cars, dogs, helicopters, just know that we all cannot be together at the same time. Um, <laughs> and some of us lives in different states or different cities. So bear with everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and also, there may be some technical flubs. So, Jack, Jackie, are you good? 
Yeah, I'm good now. Sorry. Okay, Sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, no, you're good. That's okay. okay. I'm back. We do this all the time on the Giant Contra Robot. We let the world know that we cannot be together and we're in our own safe spaces. So we already lost 3,100 people last week due to COVID. We don't need to lose more. Ugh. And that's just California alone. So FYI. Yeah. I feel like we've there. been talking more about toxic masculinity and toxic femininity, but um, I just learned what toxic femininity is today because <laughs> uh, I feel like, because to me, my idea of toxic femininity was just like pretty much a woman that is imposing misogynistic uh, toxicity on female or male, but, uh, it's, but, but it's more, let me see if I got this right, but it's more about a female repressing what's feminine just to appease the male group is that what it's, i got from that no it's more like them hurting themselves to fit to the ideal of what they think femininity it femininity oh, is okay okay like, I was yeah speak fuck my that too that. on both on both sides of it like okay it's for me, I experienced you need to get your money up. Why are you still in school? Why don't you have a car? Why are you still overweight? If you complain about being overweight, um, why you dress the way you do? Why you listen to the music you do? Why are you not this type, a type of person? To which, uh, when I mean by a type of person, the street, and I'm using my one on this episode, that street nigga that's always um, wearing clothes half past off the ass and. Um, doing some shit knowing that they probably they got something to lose but the feel of it they ain't got nothing to lose where i don't feel fit in that normative and me speaking on my feelings i'm i'm, I'm soft because i want to speak on my feelings but they, they don't think i don't have a like i can i can i can i can go crazy just as as, as much as anyone but they just they feel because I, I i choose to show my softer side that i'm soft or i'm a bitch mm-hmm. uh-huh and I just use my one, and that's it. I don't even think you're soft, though. I think you're in tuned. Like, like I don't even know what soft is, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just think you're in tuned with your emotions, Desmond, and that you're just, you know what you like, you know what you don't like, and you're ver- verbal about it. Like, that's how I see it. But I can see yeah. how people who, who still believe in, like, oh, he's a soft guy. Oh, you know, he's too sensitive. Don't say you be careful what you say around him because he's sensitive. Like, I feel like people like that will label you as soft. But it's, in my opinion, you're in tune. And you know, um, with and you hold yourself accountable. And also, I want to say before you go on my Twitter, when I mean I my fat, my fat guys wearing skinny jeans. If you're as big as I am, and you're wearing skinny jeans, but then you have the gall. To be sagging. I'm going to talk about you. <laughs> it's about it's not about your weight. Mm. It's about appearance. <laughs> you want to be treated with respect, but you're overweight, wearing skinny jeans, and you sagging. What if you need to run? You can't run. You're gonna be doing the penguin run. Like seriously. And this is just my my like this is it's just <laughs> like. I'm, I'm I'm thinking like 
always be ready to run. I'm thinking like a black person, like we're in a horror movie. Always be ready to run. <laughs> I, this is how you know you lived in the hood too long and there's gunshots. You, you don't know if it's a... You, when you grew up like I did... Run you know, now, ask questions later. Yes! <laughs> Yeah, like, how are you going to fight? Like, you can't fight with the legs wide open, you know? You got to have a good stance. Oh, man. I think that all the time, like, if I'm wearing something, I'm like, dang, I couldn't fight in this. I'm like, dang. First of all, what the hell is, like, why? I'm almost 30. Why do I still think like this? I feel you, though. You're like, dang, can I fight in this? Does this look like I can throw hands? (laughs) 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 If shit went down, would I be all right? Even my son was sometimes. And you know what? I think that those carry over into like low key, okay. like yeah, uh, because you know, I mean, we hear so much about um, human trafficking. Like, I'm like, damn, could I, could I fight somebody with like this? Could I run like this? Like, it's maybe it's not the most healthy mindset to have, but I'm like, you know what? I'm low key grateful for it because I feel like I'm always vigilant of like what's happening around me and like i'm aware and that's why i'm Uh always worried about my especially everyone that's on this panel i'm worried about y'all every day when i see trap women being trafficked or took in i'm like i'm i I always offer i offered my friend's daughter (laughs) i can i can find a way to get you a knife i mean not just any knife i mean the kind that you can get away not going to prison type of knife because it's self-defense, technically. Yeah. Type of knife. No. Like, I even offered to get pepper spray. I, I legit, if I get coming to some money in the next six weeks or months, I offer everyone here a, a two million volt taser. I mean, it's the, this, ah! this, this is not the taser that the police has. This is the type of taser that the military has where you go you go down, you are out. You're K-O'd until somebody gives um, mm-hmm. smelling salts. Smelling salts. <laughs> I'm serious. Like I am worried. Like I, I don't want to like, go on the news and just like, that is my friend that's missing. Like, I have a But I think that's like a, a good segue to just show how like how low-key toxic toxicity is so pervasive. Like everywhere you know Mm -hmm. because you know women always sort of have to kind of be constantly on guard with number one what they wear Mm -hmm. um because god forbid we're perceived as you know asking for it because we wanted to wear um i was just about to add on to that Mm -hmm. like when i go out by myself i always have like a hoodie like a big hoodie over because i'm trying to look as little as appealing as i can (laughs) yeah and so it's kind of like the, the toxicity sort of comes in like e- everywhere from everyone because it's sort of very much ingrained in, in all of us from a young age is, you know, appearances matter. So if someone is confident in themselves, you know, like Lizzo, she's like, bitch, I'll wear a bikini if I want to wear a bikini. And then people are like, you're too fat to wear a bikini. So like you saying to, you know, some fat man, who's wearing skinny jeans, like you are too fat to be wearing those skinny jeans. It's kind of like that same, same thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying like you're a bad, bad person. Cause I know you ain't, but it's just sort of that unlearning. We, we all have to do because, you know, while we may think someone doesn't look good 
in that dress or in those pants, that person can be like, I feel like a million fucking dollars I'm wearing these skinny more, jeans. I'm thinking more survival than in terms of appearance. Like I said, we shouldn't have to worry about life. We shouldn't have to worry about getting shot walking down the street or getting But taken. like girls, we also have to think of, you know, survival. And when yeah. we throw down, yeah. I've been to enough parties where girls fucking throw hands and they're like rip you know taking their earrings off and removing their high heels like wasting precious time to take yeah. their items off because they're about to throw down or they're about to defend themselves and it's like saying like well if you didn't want to fight then you shouldn't wear those hoop earrings or oh if you knew you had to run you shouldn't be wearing those high heels and i'm like man if i want to wear high heels i'm gonna wear high heels to make myself look good i know i can't fucking run in high heels but i can certainly take these high heels off and then belt down the belt down the street like i don't know it's yeah, just... i wanted to i wanted to touch on the whole like uh like how women how we have to how we're raised at a young age when we start getting our period how we're told you could get pregnant so be careful how you dress your body's gonna mm -hmm. look different. Boys are gonna treat you different. So then, and and then, like it comes down to um, uh, how what you wear will determine if you're asking for it. But what they don't tell you, monsters don't care what you wear. You know, like yeah, like they don't care. So if I were to dress too feminine, I'm asking for it. If I don't dress feminine enough, I don't deserve a man. Or no wonder he treats me like shit. Or, you know, right. or no wonder I can't find a guy because I'm not dressed. It's like, you're damned oh, if you, you do, totally, you're damned you if you don't. You can totally find someone if you, you know, you spruced yourself up a bit. And it's like, okay, well, why do I, one, why do I need to find someone? Like, yeah. It's that yeah, double but if I, sword of. If I'm too nice looking, oh, you're going to get too much attention. And then when you finally get a guy, and depending if you got a good guy or not, that's determined through his misogynistic ways. If you're dressed too nice, you're like, who are you dressed out for? Why are you going outside dressed like that? I never seen you wear that around me before. Why are you wearing that all of a sudden? You know, it starts to make the person kind of self-conscious. Or I've had yeah. conversations with when I was in my past relationships where I'm like, oh, he, he wouldn't like me wearing that, you know, or, you know, he doesn't agree with me wearing that. Like, like, it's okay. Like, oh, he's determining what I wear, yeah. you know, but also, I, I don't know. It's just, like you said, it's so deeply rooted. There's so many uh, ways to dissect this, mm -hmm. you know, because we touched on toxicity in the gaming world, toxicity in the art world, toxicity just in the streets <laughs> you know yeah um and even toxicity in the household it's like there there's this podcast would have to be longer if we're trying to dissect and dissect this whole toxic femininity and toxicity in every way because me yeah. i've been attacked yeah i've been attacked for not looking feminine enough you know, like, uh, I have hips, you know, whatever, you know, and I like to show my hips. You know, I like to dress fem. I dress, I guess what I consider feminine. But at the same time, I don't do my makeup. Um, I have a mini, you know, brow. I have a little mustache. I don't do my eyebrows, like, you know, but I'm not feminine enough because of that. You know, yeah. I'm a dirty hippie. <laughs> you know, so like, yeah. like, I was like, okay, but like. I don't know. And then when I do put on makeup, I feel self-conscious sometimes because I feel like, oh, I think it's too much now. You know? Right? 
he has like I don't I always ask my sister my bro- my boyfriend I was like is this too much I feel like I have too much like no you look fine like no no it's too much I'm gonna take it off you know oh my god I put makeup on the other day for a job interview like I look like a pancake oh my <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long and I was like oh my god no stop it stop it you're yeah. fine yeah mm. did you get the job no dude trying to find a job in a pandemic they don't is... like pancakes that's kidding. <laughs> they don't like pancakes as bastards. <laughs> oh, it's the most soul-crushing thing you could ever do is just try and find a job during a global. Ugh. I want to yeah. uh, backtrack and ask Jackie um, about her experience in the art community. Um, is it when like because I know we we didn't get a chance we we got with Kaylee we we got with with Kaylee but um with Jackie. Your is your experiences within the art community more more different than mine, or is it pretty much the same um, in terms of being a person of color? And not only that, just as a woman in general. Um. Well, it might be a little different. Um. Well, for one, I've noticed. Um. This is kind of, I don't know, sad to say, but after some time of you know, doing art for, you know, um, I've noticed that, uh, dudes, you know, they kind of try to lure their way in to get like either, I feel like they'd want like a discount or at least, you know, free art by flirting with me. Um, and I feel like that's something at first I was very in denial about. I used to be like, oh, they're probably just being nice or they're probably, you know, just being friendly. But um, then after I would, you know, continue and be like, okay, well, if you want this piece, it'd be this much. Or if you want this service, um, it's going to be around, you know, this much. And then their whole attitude just completely changes. And that's one um, toxic thing I've dealt with as an artist, uh, the way that certain male you know dudes people (laughs) um approach me in a way where they're you know flirtatious because they want to get something out of me um that's one another would be um people who have tried to uh i guess initiate a friendship you know kind of like forcefully be like oh hey girl like Oh, you know, just kind of like kind of faking a friendship. And it's like you you could tell when something's genuine, you know? Well, yeah. you know, like you, you could tell when, when especially when you want to be like someone's friend. It's like a, like a mutual thing. Like you like them. They like you. Like you guys kind of just, you know, click. Um, but for other people, they kind of forcefully, you know, make themselves into my life to be like, oh, yeah, she's my friend. Oh, yeah, we're friends. Like, but it's very one-sided. And I used to be very, you know, nice about it. Like, oh, okay, I guess we're friends. (laughs) But then it'd be very harmful to me because then they would be more pushy, you know, be like, oh, um, I thought we're friends. Like, just, you know, do this for me. Or they... When they'd ask for, you know, art, they wouldn't initiate with the price. They'd be like, oh, hey, can you do this for me? But it was never like, oh, hey, how much would you charge me for this? You know, and as for 
the people I do consider my friends, they, that's how they always initiate um, a talk when it comes to something that they want me to do for them. They'd be like, oh, hey, how much would you charge me for this? Or, hey, where can I find this um, so I could buy it off of you, you know? But those people that want to just kind of just get things, you know, for free, they always initiate with a fake um, interaction and then almost immediately jump to what they want. Like, oh, hey, okay, so I want this. And that's it. Um, that's been my experiences as an artist, um, as a girl, and also, you know, as as just existing person. <laughs> Um, and it's yeah. it's been very discouraging, um, but you know, I feel like this year has been the year where I've been surrounded by you know, fortunately very good people, and they've you know, they've taught me how to encounter those things, especially because they've kind of they would see me like a little unmotivated and they'd be like you know what's going on and then i'd tell them and i rant to them like oh hey well you know people who i thought were being you know genuine they're just out here just trying to use me and it's it sucks because it's like they're not only devaluing you but also you know the work that you make Uh and um that's that's for sure been a top uh toxic trait that i've experienced as an artist um and as a female what about like the other toxic trait that um, we all dealt with in the uh, lovely phrase friend zone? Mm. Oh. <laughs> I hate Just, that. I hate that term so much. And that's um, the, that's the word that I use that got Benita to go in uh, going on me. Just FYI. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and that's no longer in my vernacular. it's like okay so are you interacting me because you want like because you want to sleep with me or acting because you want to get to know me because me i like to be straightforward i'm like hey do you want to sleep with me or do you trying to get to know me like i just want to know because if you're telling me if i hate the whole friends don't because like your intentions were never to be my friend and you're upset that you're gonna get to know me you're bothered that before you even lay with me you have to get to know me like like it's like they're not looking at you like a person but like a sexual object you know yeah um and i oh god and i'm so mad i didn't write this down i'm very picky about citing my sources but there was some article i read where they talked about a study they did um and it's like so i think this definitely ties back to like the whole male toxicity thing Mm -hmm. is because women you know we're sort of taught to not so much be like in tune with our emotions but to understand our emotions and realize that you know we have emotions so then we kind of make deeper connections with people so like Mm -hmm. our friendships we develop an emotional bond with Mm -hmm. all of our friends and so men aren't quite taught that so like women are like oh this is a normal feeling this is my normal emotional bond i'm creating with my friend desi over here and then Sorry to use you as a example. That's what I'm here um, for it to be the example. <laughs> so then, Des, maybe you might not know that like this emotional bond is just the normal emotional feeling you have when you connect with someone in a relationship, whether it's platonic or even sexual, like or romantic. Um, mm-hmm. And it's men not really under understanding that and. 
I just thought it was such a fascinating article because I'm like, that makes so much, so much freaking sense. Like, so much sense and so many just experiences, especially when I was in the Navy of like so many guys just being pissed at me because they're like, why are you always in the front? Why you got to put me in the friend zone? And I'm just like, because you're my friend. Like, what? Do you have actually like they said that to you? Like just straight up? Why are you friend zoning me? Yeah, there's one dude that was like, why are you put me in the friend zone? I thought we had something. Oh, and I was just like, I thought I thought we were just friends. Like, because in the Navy, so when you go on deployment, you have to have what's called Liberty Buddy. So you have to have like that one person that you're with at all times when you are off the ship, you know, going into, you know, different countries mm-hmm. and whatnot, just as a safety measure. So most of the time, you know, we'd always just do big group things. But there was like one guy that was in my division that we sort of kind of did everything together because we were really friends. Um, And he was also married at the time. So I thought that that was my safety buffer. But no. No. Um, And he caught a case. Yeah, and then there was one time he kept trying to do shit in the middle of the night, and I'm having to, like, fucking beat him off. <laughs> oh, God, don't say beat him off. That's bad. But, you know, like, Crazy. fucking smack him. Thank you. And just, like, just trying to get away and, like, fucking sleep on the couch and whatnot. Like, it was just... It was a nightmare. It was not mm-hmm. fun. Um, But, yeah, he was pissed because he was like, oh, I thought we, you know, we had something going, and you're fucking friend-zoning me, and I'm just like, bro because we're friends like i don't know i feel like Like, that's where sorry no let's go ahead i feel like that's rooted to like because like you know women we're supposed to be like defenseless you know we're looking for a man to give us what we need it could be i don't know a ear to listen to uh a shoulder to cry on uh food uh, whatever materialistic things and men you know they they're brought up with this idea like oh you have to keep your woman happy happy mm-hmm. wife happy life yada yada and they give you all these things they give you this attention but it's not intentional it's not like oh i'm giving this to you because i really care about you. it's like i'm giving this to you because like according to my calculations if i spend this much money and time with you you know you're gonna lay with me you know but like us as yeah. women we take it as like we take it more personal we're just like oh, that's really sweet. You know, this guy cares about me. You know, like I want to let him in. Like I want him to get to know me more and I want to get to know him more. But to men, that's friend zoning. You know, like you don't know if you like the guy, but you're, you just want to get to know him as a friend. And then for men, they're like, oh, I spent all this money just to be friend zoned. That's an insult. Like, you know, like. There's some other guy that was like, what do I have to do to get out of the friend zone? And I'm like, (laughs) bro, no, like that thing does not exist like you are friends <laughs> or you are partners like there's no zone <laughs> yeah i'm just you say that of, to your dude i'm just the type of person like let me know you like me because i'm too much of a punk to actually say anything that's exactly what i was just about to say <laughs> um like i will pay, play the role where it's like either i'm going to assume that we're just friends um you know or you either tell me exactly what gonna happen or your intentions you know like Mm -hmm. i don't like playing the guessing game um and if we're gonna be friends then you know that's definitely how i don't know i don't know i i I personally like making bonds you know that are going to be lasting rather than just like a you know a fallout a potential fallout or something so i i usually just run the course of like 
we're we're friends you know if we click we're friends and if it's gonna be anything more than that you have to let me know yeah Mm -hmm. and i mean even on the flip side i remember there was one time this guy was like told me he's like benita we're just friends and i'm like i know and he was like why are you acting because i'm like kind of i guess like a touchy-feely like i'm not super touchy-feely but i'm also not like closed off so like if i'm hanging out with my friends or walking down the street sometimes you know i'll just like have my arm through their arm or i'll throw my arm over their shoulders like you know just tactile Mm -hmm. like um and so like i didn't really think anything anything of it so i just remember i was hanging out with with one of my friends and i'm like you know kind of like pushing him like joking around and stuff like that and he's like benita i just need you to know like you're you're my friend okay you're just my friend and i'm like yeah I, i know you're just my friend and he's like why are you acting like this and i'm like acting like what like what am i what am i acting like like not even realizing that like that's how i guess they pick up on interest like touches Mm -hmm. and i don't know i guess how you act and so i'm letting down my guard and treating them like a friend and then he's like dude you want in my pants but i don't want you like i'm like what is going on it's very confusing just situation and it was very awkward I'm not gonna say ruined our friendship but it definitely just made it very awkward for- I think no, people no. just need to learn how to communicate like men need to <laughs> learn how to communicate what they really want not assume you know and uh, I feel like women have always been pretty verbal about communicating it's just men won't get it like even if you're pretty yeah. like even if you're pretty straightforward like hey you know I'm not interested in you it's like okay that's okay like you know um, I'll just keep trying. I'm the yeah. opposite. Oh, I, I, that's I great. I, I don't pick it up, and I'll be like, I had a friend legit say, "You just don't know how many times I gave you hints." I was like, "Really?" <laughs> she be like, "Yeah." <laughs> I'm like, and that's when I be like, I finally started saying, "Please be verbal." I was like, you know what? To mm-hmm. any person after me, be verbal. I I'm not I'm 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 dumb. I'm a dude. I'm a dumb. I don't see shit. I don't. I'm not like. Tim Roth and lie to me who can pick up behavioral traits. I need to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, like, but I feel like quid pro quo. I'll let you know. You let me know. That's how I am. I feel like also is rooted to women afraid to communicate it to men because men can be very toxic and very violent sometimes. Like yes. they can't mm-hmm. take rejection. Yes. You know, I rejected so many men. I've got insulted right after I got injected. Like, okay, like I was still the same bitch that you came up to five minutes ago like okay (laughs) you know like you know so like but and you know i've seen articles on you know instagram where where it's taken to like you know women have been killed just for rejecting a man you know for anything and i'm glad i never experienced that but i think that's also rooted to that so i'm not going to say oh women need to communicate because no women have always been communicating but now we're like censored to communicate because we're afraid like we don't know what the Mm -hmm. outcome is of it is like you still have to be so overly polite where it's like oh thank you so much i really appreciate it Mm -hmm. but no thank you like and even then they still don't get it like having to constantly repeat yourself and be like no 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 or like i have to respond Mm -hmm. like um i hate the whole thing like oh i have to tell him i have a boyfriend like i don't tell them i have a boyfriend because like no like you're gonna respect me not because i'm someone else's quote-unquote property it's more like I'll tell a guy like, oh, he's like, you're not interested. Like, no, why not? Because I'm not interested. You got a man? No. <laughs> like, you know, I'm just not interested. Like, it, like, yeah. 
Because again, like they respect the man that isn't even real more than yeah. you. I know. Yeah. And I, or I, I was gonna say, um, sorry to overtalk. Um, mm-hmm. I have been in a situation with um, my friend. We just we just sitting in the bar, just laughing and talking. But I'm on the opposite side. I'm not sitting next door. I don't like. If we're anywhere, I like to sit the opposite side of everybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. just, just let me get my space. Um, he walked up to her. He's like, "That's your man." I was like. I literally looked up like, what? And I let it play out. And then I'm like, what? Because she can like, she'll get mad if I interject, interject, like she can handle herself. But I was like, was he serious? Like he was just literally egging her on. And I was like, and he was looking at me like I was going to say something. I'm like, I'm more scared of her than you dude. I'm like, (laughs) I know what, I know what's in her purse, but I'm like I will let you figure that out if it gets to that point. Like I got a knife in my pocket if it has to get to that point, but I'm like, what the fuck? Like I can't like I'm, I, this is what I see, and then what I'm being told. And I remember reading a Reddit article. They asked only women what would they do for just 24 hours if us men was not around for just 24 to 48 hours, and just mainly existing without having to worry about anything and i'm like and then reading the comments and it's just all men i'm like they don't get the point yeah like if if if, if literally if we if y'all all had the family gauntlet and you snapped us away for 24 hours i was literally standing like i understand just make sure you don't bring me back in a situation where i'll get hit by a car that's why i ask <laughs> <laughs> The man will be like, oh, fine, you don't like men? Then open your own door then. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't know what to do. What to do a door when men existed? Like, you know. Right. Like, you opened the door for me, Carol. I was like, oh, thank you. I feel yeah. fancy. I feel fancy. Because what's the point? Because I'm right there by the door. Why am I going to wait for someone? Like, I'm impatient. I'll open it yeah. for you. Like, <laughs> yeah. like it's mainly if we have yeah. to go to the movies. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of like the other thing, too, where it's like, sort of that toxicity comes from is because they're like oh you know i'm just trying to do some old-fashioned good home values and i'm just like man those old-fashioned good home values were like fucking patriarchal bullshit (laughs) don't come at me with like we need to just redefine what it means to be a gentleman um uh and just yeah like my boyfriend likes to open the car door for me and I don't, yes. I don't mind it. It's like, well, he likes to do it. Like he likes to do it. That's fine. It don't bother me, you know, but like, uh, be, it took him a while to get used to me opening doors for him. <laughs> you know, he's just like, uh, cause even, and not that I would race him because I'm just used to opening doors by myself. So like, I'll be yeah. walking towards the door and he's kind of trying to walk up to my pace, like, so he could open it before me, but I open it before him. <laughs> I'm just like, go in after you. Like, <laughs> but I've, I've always been used to it. Cause I'm like, knowing my knees. <laughs> If someone opens, like, if someone gets to me before, it doesn't matter who, they open the door for me. I'm I always instantly like, thank you. I, and I'm like, if I surprisingly beat anyone to the door, I'll open the door for them. I'm not expecting, I never expect, I don't ever expect a thank you or anything. I just like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just something you should be able to do without we acting, we looking for acceptance that you did this. It's, it's just like, yeah, human decency. That's basically what, what it is. If you get yeah. it, thank you. Say, mm, it's no problem. And then just keep it pushing. Like, 
me and Carol, I can act, I can act all dainty with my friend Carol when she opens the door for me. I'm like, oh, thank you. I, I, even, I, even, put, I even put on a voice too. I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> like they need the acknowledgement that they did good, you know? Yeah. Like you're not a, well. You're a do- we are dogs, but you're not a literal dog. <laughs> <laughs> like good boy. <laughs> yeah. Pat him on the head. It's always so funny when I see like people talking about their experiences about how they like did some test, you know, where a woman was like instead of saying thank you to when someone compliments me, I'm just gonna be like, oh. Yeah, I know. And then seeing like what happens and just how quickly men change to be like, bitch, you don't even look that good. Like they're thrown for a loop because the woman yeah. wasn't like, oh my God, Senpai noticed me. Um, just. I hate yeah. dudes just... do that. Senpai notices me. I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, okay. All right. I, I, I'll be like mm-hmm. supposed to be like earth shattering or something like oh my god someone noticed me I am reborn anew I okay, <laughs> I can admit I, I, I flipped there's um her name is Darina Aureliano on YouTube she's goth Latin Latin goth and I was like I'm surprised the guillotine method is not um, accept it. This was during Halloween, and she liked my on my tweet, and I was like, "That's the only time I." Fl- I was like, "Yay!" <laughs> fanboyed. I fanboyed. Yeah, I'm like, "Come on!" I'm like, oh my god, I fanboyed more. out when um, Chrissy Teigen liked one of my tweets. Tweeted hey. out a picture of one of her recipes I made, and I'm like, "Chrissy Teigen knows how to make fucking good food," or like something like that. I don't even remember. <laughs> and she liked it, and I'm like, "Chrissy Teigen." <laughs> I can die happy now. <laughs> Just kidding. That's only when Rihanna notices me. Then I can die happy. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for Danny Fernandez or Rosario Dawson to notice me. <laughs> oh my God, Rosario Dawson or Danny Fernandez. If y'all don't know who Danny Danny Fernandez, she is killing it for Latin women in terms of entertainment. Like she has, she secured a Netflix deal, a book deal. She was even in Wreck-It Ralph two, as a character, and they made it look like her. So she's an internet personality. She does podcasting like we do. Um, she's like one hell of a producer, and she's literally like championing for people of color, specifically women of color, and artists. Like I literally tweeted Jackie's, um, like um um. IG and Etsy to Danny Fernandez were like, if you want to buy art for people of color, make sure you go to uh, my friend Jackie. And I was like, and she liked it. I was like, that means she saw it and she may be going to purchase something. Oh my God. <laughs> I am so honored. Because I'm like, because we always say in our community, support, support local artists, but if you friends, if you happen to be friends with an artist, like I am with Jackie, I always try. I know I'm horrible with social media, especially trying to promote anything we do. But I try to make sure to always show off Jackie, Kaylee, our friend Brianna, uh, Mikey, like any of the um, artists we have in our small little um, community to show it off. So be like, yo, this is what we're, this is what they're creating. Let's like boost up their voices and like 
I'll get my voice in every now and then, but like, I have the podcast. That's my voice, but like, art wise, like, let's boost this up. Yeah, I definitely want to add you guys um, on my Instagram so that also the people who have like their Etsy and stuff in here, like my boyfriend and I really like buying like like local artist stuff, especially my boyfriend. He supports that. So, um, <laughs> send me your Addy, you know, that's it. <laughs> like, you know. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And also, I wanted to say that I actually saw Rosario, Rosario Dawson in person at Comic-Con last year. Uh, oh, my gosh. She looks so beautiful. Even though I was, like, maybe, like, 40 feet away, she still looked oh. radiant as fuck. And, like, her smile and, like, everything about her was amazing. And I almost <laughs> cried. But it was great. That's all. <laughs> I still remember the day we could have met her at LA, uh, East LA College when we were still stuck at work. Damn. And Jose was like, I'm right here with Rosario Dawson. Like, whatever, Jose. <laughs> no, you a traitor. You, you left You left the Twitter side for it. <laughs> Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being petty. You, you, you have the floor. Have petty the... Betty. Don't be a petty Betty. <laughs> I just had a goddamn choking fit because I was so jealous. That's fine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you have the floor. We have four more minutes. You have the floor, Jackie. Anything you want to say? Uh, <laughs> well, definitely uh, a huge thank you to you for, um, you know, always allowing everyone to have a voice you know like you have this platform and i feel like that's something that i've always really really admired about you because that's something i'm really you know big on how people create this platform but sometimes it's like not really like used wisely mm-hmm. um but you you create your platform and you just you use it to you know not only to spread out your name but also everyone else in your community and i think that's something that is worth acknowledging and you know yeah you have this platform but even then it's it for some reason it's like it's not enough for you you still go on your social media and you still shout people out you still you know have you know you, you take your opportunity to let other people know about the people you know and I just feel like that should never go unnoticed and it should be thanked for, like, which is, I don't know if you noticed, but I, I get very, very, you know, grateful about it. And I just, I just can't stop thanking you for that. Like, it's, it's just a really great trait that you carry. And I, you know, I thank you for always welcoming in people to talk with you and always, you know, sharing our work our name out to the public and out out to your audience and that's you know you're one of a kind (laughs) and thank you for you know for all that thank you Uh, I do not know how to take uh, positive criticism Uh, (laughs) I really I really don't I would just say this I and this is something I have not ever mentioned on a podcast I have not had actual friends until I was about 24 so all through elementary, middle school, high school, I didn't have no friends to call my own. So I learned all this. Like um, the people who I 
like I show when they let me show them online, like Freddie, my friend Destiny, Lincoln, Jimmy, Carol, um, and Mary Cruz uh, and Jenny. They're like like before I came to Dominguez. Um, they know me personally. They know the type of person I am, and I try to always I always try to be truthful with them. And they know when I'm lying, so I was like, I can't, I can't lie in front of them. Um, and it's, and I learned, I learned so much from Carol. And that's why I'm more vocal it's because of Carol. I learned so much from Benita, and uh, and I respect the. It's not respect. It's just like I love. This is something I learned. Just the uh, keeping, this small group of people that I know will keep me grounded so when I do travel over to other places like going to Dominguez, meeting you Jackie Santos, Brianna and everyone who came and went through that school, like I want to make sure I bring that energy that I have with my friends went over there to to you guys to make sure and then boost everybody like before everyone from Dominguez like I made sure to show off Carol's accomplishments because I was like, Carol's doing it I'm going to do it like when Carol, the first one that lived, left, I became like, I was like, all right, it's time for me to go and get my bachelor's. I was like, she's doing it. I'm going to do it. I wish I could snap, but I like what you said. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, and that's how me and Carol met. Like me, Freddie was talking about the walking dead, the game and Carol came right in and I was like, who is this person? Like, what you it's know? the day of the interview. Yeah, it was on my interview. I was like, what do you know about The Walking Dead? And Carol snaps. She's like, this is what I know about The Walking Dead. I was like, oh, shit. We got a new friend. Because <laughs> 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 it's now close. I don't think it's been 10 years. But I know Freddie, me, Freddie, Jimmy, and Lincoln. Lincoln's not. But me, Freddie, Jimmy, my friend Destiny. It's been 10 years. And I've, and I and I sit in all, in, in all of that. It's like, I hope I can have that that lifelong that close to now a decade long friendship with everyone on this on this podcast. Yeah, I met you when I was like twenty one. I'm like twenty nine now. Oh yeah, then it's long it has been long enough because by the time yeah. we met I was like actually no, I was like twenty seven, twenty eight. Right now, uh, new memory just unlocked. Um I remember <laughs> uh the partner I was dating at the time, he was very toxic and I was coming down I forgot which building it was. Uh, but it was one of the new buildings at Trade Tech. And I was coming out, I was like, I was very heartbroken and sad. And then you're like, what happened? And I don't remember words that were exchanged, but I just remember that you hugged me and I was crying on you. I don't remember what was exchanged, but I just remember you were there for me at that moment in time, too. I, yeah, thank you. I remember that. I was like, a friend needs a hug and yeah. to trash talk this person. I know who you're talking about. I still don't <laughs> like them. I still don't like them because they have that. I, I don't want to... You know what? Fuck, I'm trashing men today. <laughs> he had this condescending... Like, I think I... I hate people with that condescending I know everything talk. And it's like... Yeah. And it's the type of person you think... If you're... If you think you know everything, you're going to be stagnant. It's like we... And especially, I, I keep on saying this. As men, we need to learn. Because the more you learn, the more you grow. And if you don't learn, Definitely. you're going to be stagnant and you're going to be a dick. And no one wants to, and we're in a new generation where you can get X'd out, excommunicated quickly. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's my two cents. But once again, thank you, Jackie, mm. um, for those kind of words. I like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm, I, we're not on video. I feel embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. Um, well, I think it's good to end on a positive note. Um, and I thank everyone for being here. Jackie, Carol, Des, and Kaylee, whatever you disappeared to. Thank you. Oh. Ah, there she is. Thank you so much for, <laughs> for being on here. Um, thanks to everyone who's listening. Basically, all this talk, all you need to know is we can be better. That's all we can do is better for ourselves, for everyone around us, and for the world really so just don't be one of them um actually type people and learn how to train yourself retrain your brain and um yeah and, and, yeah. and learn and relearn and Callie, good luck on your final <laughs> by the time by the time this comes up Callie, we already be in the spring semester <laughs> <laughs> Well, from the future, you did well. Good job. Yeah, well, yeah. And, <laughs> you kicked ass. Um, you can listen to this on SoundCloud or Spotify, coming soon to Stitcher. And in the great words of the late chart with Bozeman, press on with pride and press on with purpose. Oh. Peace. Bye. Good night. Bye.